Ladies and gentlemen, in the red corner, hailing from the state of Nevada, representing the steam and wise guys, it's the always feared Vegas Odds Maker! And in the blue corner, the crowd favorite from South Florida, Mark Winning Picks Lawrence! And now, let's get it on! Against the spread, Winning Picks with Mark Lawrence! Welcome back, everybody. Once again, this is Mark Lawrence along with Victor King, and we're set to go against the spread on the NFL football and college cards this weekend. And as we look up at the calendar, we note that we are now into the second half of the NFL football season. I can't quite yet say down the stretch they come, but at least they've made the halfway pole. That's a little bit of Breeders' Cup talk, which is happening this weekend as well. And with that, I want to welcome our co-host Victor King into the show Victor, I hope you had a good week last week, and you're looking forward to another good week as well this. Yes, uh, definitely, Mark. A nice weekend. We, of course, welcome back the uh, Mountain West Conference. And, of course, we're recording the show on Thursdays this week. We apologize for the 24-hour delay. But with that, the Maction got back into play with Wednesday night. Multiple games in the MAC Conference. We've got the Pac-12 coming back this week as well. So things are coming around in college football, as they did for you last week, Mark continued his hot run with a wonderful five-star game of the month. You can put a big exclamation point next to that one. That play on Auburn was absolutely beautiful. They didn't even need the points in the game as they utterly destroyed LSU. I think it was 48-11, to 11, but a real, real nice call on that uh, Auburn as your game of the month play, Mark. Yeah, it worked out real well, Victor. Uh, it was uh, nice to see... It unfolded just in the manner in which it did. Uh, and, you know, it's a little bit of a recipe out of our well-oiled machine that we use. And uh, we've got a little bit of the same thing going with another game this week, which is good news. Uh, and all of which out of that game leads me to what it is that I learned on the college football card last week. And the one thing that I learned on the college football card last week was verified by what it is that I felt all along. And basically, when you find backup quarterbacks that are making their second start of the season after having been successful in their first start, and oftentimes they are because the teams rally around those quarterbacks when they replace a starting quarterback, when this backup quarterback off that win makes his next start on the road, it's another story. We saw that with the LSU quarterback last week, and I think we're going to see the same thing perhaps with the Clemson quarterback this week who's stepping in for Trevor Lawrence out with the COVID this particular week. So we'll see whether or not that particular uh, application applies this week, but it's what I did learn on last week's card emphatically, I might add, with, uh, with the Auburn victory over LSU. So we'll keep an eye on that. And uh, also, before we shift over to the NFL side of things, I just want to remind our listeners out there that it is indeed Pac-12 time in college football. Their long-awaited debut begins now. They're always late coming to the party, fashionably, if you will. The Pac-12 is, and they're doing just that this year because of the COVID situation. So it's nice to have the party getting more and more large in attendance uh, with the Pac-12 being back. And uh, it's nice to see these Power 5 conferences all back in action and playing. So it'll end up helping, I think, the world of college football as we drive toward a college football playoff. And uh, it'll be interesting to chart and see exactly how these Pac-12 teams fare, especially 
in the world of the COVID situation. Uh, you know, there are some conferences that are playing right now that have little to no room with uh, canceled football games uh, because their schedule won't allow them. They're just packed week to week to week to week, and it's going to be the case for the Pac-12 this week, this year. So hopefully we can cross our fingers and hope that doesn't become a factor in what happens inside their football season this year. But uh, nice to see the Pac-12 back and nice to see college football getting closer to 100% of uh, capacity, at least for the amount of teams that will be playing. You're tuned in to Mark Lawrence against the spread, the nation's most popular sports handicapping talk show. And with that, let's shift over to the National Football League side of things. And Victor, I'm going to ask you what it is you learned on the NFL side of things. But before I hand it off to you, the one thing that I did learn in the NFL last week was in doing my stats as I do each and every week. It's just sort of like taking my medicine, my daily round of medicine. I have to do my stats when it comes to handicapping these football games. And uh, charting the National Football League last year, last week was uh, really, really uh, an atypical result when it comes to statistics. And uh, I say that because of the 14 winners in the National Football League last week, nine of them, count them, nine of them won the games inside out. They lost the stats, yet won the games. And that was headlined by Miami Dolphins down here in our neck of the woods, who beat the L.A. Rams and were out-yarded 326 yards in the contest. It was a happy party for Tua, but uh, not from, uh, if you take a look at the body of work, what we saw in that football game. In addition, the Pittsburgh Steelers took down Baltimore last week, and they were out-yarded 236 yards in the football game. So it'll be interesting to see whether or not they looked in the mirror and walked away with those victories and don't do anything about it. But the bottom line here is there were a ton of inside-out games in the National Football League last week. That's always a starting point when it comes to handicapping the card the following week. And with that, Victor, I'm going to ask you what it is exactly you learned about the National Football League and the results that happened last week. Yeah, what I learned is even the good teams in the NFL have some sort of deficiency in one area that can kind of be exploited. Take a look at a team like the Buffalo Bills. And again, despite their 6-2 record, they've still allowed more points on the season than they have scored. What I learned from the Baltimore Ravens game, and we learned this from the playoffs last year, is that Baltimore is not built to be playing from behind, particularly when they're behind by double digits or more. They proved it last year in that home loss against Tennessee. And last week, they could not overcome the deficit against Pittsburgh in what you mentioned was a really, really weird game because they still outstanded Pittsburgh 457 to 221. But again, a team that's not built to be playing from behind, particularly double digits, uh, not the uh, not the ideal passing team you would think of when you consider some of the better teams in the NFL. What about a team like the Green Bay Packers? This is a team that, is not a physical team, particularly on defense. Minnesota showed that any team with a good running game can basically run it right down Green Bay's throat, and they did that in that big upset win against the Packers. Even though the Packers out-yarded Minnesota Vikings, Minnesota uh, with over 220 combined yards from Delvin Cook just rammed it right down Green Bay's throat. Watching the Saints game, Mark, I learned the fact that, you know what? Drew Brees does not have the it factor anymore. They struggled to put the ball in the end zone last week, settling on field goals 
multiple times in that Chicago Bears game. And you can see the physical limitations of Drew Brees has slowed this Saints team down. And uh, not only that, but there's starting to be some grumblings in the Saints' locker room. There's a weird situation going on with Michael Thomas right now. Uh, from what I hear, a pretty high percentage of the team would rather see Jameis Winston at quarterback than Drew Brees. So as far as him taking the Saints all the way and winning the Super Bowl, I'm sad to see that I don't think that's going to be happening. Uh, what about a team like Seattle, Mark? Uh, despite their good record, they do not have a very good defense. So what I learned is that even the good teams in the NFL are deficient in at least one area that could be exploited. It's a good take, Victor, of what we saw last week, especially out of the New Orleans Saints, who, if, by the way, they happen to make that change to Jameis Winston, I believe it would happen only one way, and that would be because of injury. Uh, they certainly don't want to change the scheme of things with the Hall of Fame quarterback that uh, if maybe he doesn't have uh, 100% of his abilities that he had in the past, but he's still a wily veteran who knows how to win football games, and he can read defenses much, much better than Jameis Winston can. And he'll also throw picks a lot fewer than Jameis Winston does. Jameis Winston quarterbacks the New Orleans Saints. The wide receivers love it because their stats will be up. But the bottom line is is that he quarterbacks his football team. He's going to cough the ball up and put them in the, in the jeopardy. And I don't think he's the answer. So, you know, letting the people in the locker room voice their opinion and, uh, you know, cause a little bit of a riff is one thing, but doing the right thing is another thing. And I think that would be a tragic mistake if New Orleans went that route and did just that. Anything else update-wise, Victor, from the NFL before I review the college football or the NFL football teams that would be in the playoffs this week should the playoffs begin? Another good week for the hot dogs in the NFL. 10-4 and four ATS last week for the underdogs. On the year, a very solid 67-48-2 against the spread. So that's 59% across the board betting every dog this season. Uh, again, an outstanding season for dog profitability. And the best situation this year looked pretty good last week. 22-7 and seven ATS for road dogs taking on any opponent coming in off a straight-up loss. That is 76% on the year. There are two such road dogs going this week. Chicago plus the points against Tennessee and Las Vegas plus the points against the L.A. Chargers. And then uh, there's nothing much going on in terms of over-unders, Mark. For the second consecutive week, it was pretty much split right down the middle. Over the last two weeks in the NFL, 13 overs, 14 unders, one tie. We're at uh, 67, 56, and 1 for the season. Average game last week, 47.3 points, so pretty much split down the middle. But again, it is the dogs who are looking really, really good after the first eight weeks. Yeah, it's been a nice dog season in the National Football League thus far, and uh, yours truly is loving it. Like McDonald's, I'm loving it. I don't know if it'll continue all season long, but as long as it does, we'll keep walking that dog, if you will. Before I get over to the uh, NFL playoff picture and what teams would be in right now going into this weekend, one other quick interesting sidebar note that I came across this weekend. The, uh, at the halfway point, or for the majority of the halfway point, there are four teams in the National Football League this year that have winning records that have allowed more points than they've scored. 
kind of an oddity in a sense where you've got a winning record, but you've given up more points and you've gained or scored on the football season. Those four teams happen to be the five and three Chicago Bears, the six and two Buffalo Bills. That's amazing. The four and three Las Vegas Raiders and the four and three Cleveland Browns. So if these football teams wish to continue their winning ways throughout the second half of the football season, they're going to have to get that turned around real quick because they are not going to be able to afford to keep giving up more points than they score if they wish to continue to win football games. If the playoffs were to begin this week, this would be the current standings or the teams that would be involved in the playoffs. The number one seeds would be Pittsburgh and Seattle. The number two seeds would be Kansas City and Tampa Bay. The number three seeds, the Buffalo Bills, the aforementioned Buffalo Bills and the Green Bay Packers. The number four seeds would be Tennessee and Philadelphia. A little bit of oddity about those four seeds. Number one, Tennessee happens to be our Texas Tornadoes friends' most embarrassed team in the National Football League this week. We'll see how the Titans fare this week. And Philadelphia happens to be a number four seed, despite the fact that they're only three, four, and one in the season, leading the NFC East, the terrible NFC East this year. Number five seeds, the Baltimore Ravens and the New Orleans Saints. The number six seeds, the Indianapolis Colts and the Arizona Cardinals. And the number seven and final seeds would be the Cleveland Browns and the L.A. Rams. And the three teams on the outside looking just in would be number eight, the Las Vegas Raiders and the Chicago Bears. Number nine, the Miami Dolphins in San Francisco. And number 10, the Denver Broncos and the Detroit Lions. So keep those stats and facts in mind as we head into the second half of the National Football League beginning this weekend. And don't go away, guys. When we come back, Victor and I are going to tear apart our NFL game of the week. we got a dandy on tap. When the Baltimore Ravens take on the Indianapolis Colts, we'll tear that game down. And how about the Las Vegas to get the Vegas Five from our good friend Andy Isco when we're back with more here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. Only the Playbook Experts VIP Experience offers We Pay the Juice, Conflict Game Notices, Tokens Bonuses, SMS Alerts, and Genius Game Alerts. It's the only customer experience of its kind. To find out more about becoming a Playbook Experts VIP, log on today at playbook.com or call toll-free for more information at 1-800-PLAYBOOK. Become a VIP this football season with your Playbook Experts VIP member. All new Playbooks tokens are here. Only at Playbook.com can you earn rewards and get up to $100 in free Playbooks tokens to use as you choose. And with your Playbooks tokens, you can use them for Playbook Experts picks and selections. Plus, you earn 20% in free bonus tokens when you do. If you haven't got your $100 in free Playbooks tokens, do so now. Simply visit Playbook.com and click on the Tokens link. It's that easy. That's the all-new Playbucks tokens waiting for you at Playbook.com. You're tuned into Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. And now, let's throw it back to Mark. Okay, guys, welcome back once again. Mark Lawrence along with Victor King. We're going against the spread on this NFL and college football card this weekend. It's time for our NFL-featured game of the week. We've got a pair of potential playoff teams going head-to-head this week when the Baltimore Ravens journey into Naptown to take on the Indianapolis Colts. And, Victor, I think this should be one heck of a football game. You decided this football game, and I'm glad you did because I really like the matchup in this contest. So with that, I'm going to turn it over to you and see what you've got from an over-under total aspect in the Colts-Ravens game this Sunday. 
And it should be a fun game, definitely. Uh, one subject I wanted to touch on just briefly, if I can, before we get into our NFL game is uh, I- I'm dealing with a little bit of depression these days, Mark, and talking about it always kind of helps things out. And it's not performance-related. We had a decent weekend. We won our four-star uh, over of the week in the uh, Niners and the uh, Seahawks game. Happy ending there, but... I knew it was going to be a rough weekend when I woke up on Saturday morning with some shocking news, and that shocking news was that Sir Thomas Sean Connery passed away in his sleep at the age of 90 at his Caribbean home in Nassau, Bahamas, which uh, incidentally is really close to us down here in South Florida. And I mean, for me, it put a major buzzkill on the entire weekend in addition to being one of my favorite actors of all time. Connery was the quintessential James Bond, and there's no debating this, at least in my eyes. I know there is a lot of debating with other people, but I don't want to talk about your Roger Moores and your (laughs) Pierce Brosnans and your Daniel Craig's. No other Bond actor, in my opinion, had the physical chops and the requisite sexual charisma that Connery had. He did the first five Bond films. Uh, in order, Dr. No, From Russia With Love, Goldfinger, Thunderball, and You Only Live Twice. Then he came back for Diamonds Are Forever. Then he came back for uh, Never Say Never Again. So seven actual Bond films. So we already know what his most famous screen role was. And uh, for me, in his honor, the alcohol of choice was definitely scotch over the weekend. <laughs> Uh, You may want to take a look at this week's totals tip sheet because I did do a little bit of a tribute to Sir Sean Connery where I submitted my favorite top eight movie performances of his in chronological order. And I'm just going to finish with The The Rock back in 1996, a great film that he did. It was a uh, early Michael Bay directorial effort, Nicolas Cage, Ed Harris, Sean Connery. And in my opinion, and there's a little bit of a controversy going on here, that his character in this movie of John Patrick Mason, I believe, is actually James Bond later in life. Just check out the backstory for Sean Connery in this film. He's a former British agent who is disavowed by his government and imprisoned forever because he knows too many secrets. And if that's not James Bond 30 years later, then I don't know what is. And this was Connery's favorite role in all the films that he made during the 80s and the 90s. It was The Rock. And another reason that I love the film is because no one says the F word like he does in this particular film. (laughs) He says it like he means it. On a side note, I think the top two actors saying the F word in the movies have got to be Robert De Niro and Sean Connery. And again, I urge you, the next time you watch the movie The Rock, I want you to go into the movie assuming that the John Mason role is actually James Bond later in life. You'll enjoy the movie a lot more. I count this as Sean Connery's eighth James Bond movie and a fitting way to end his Sean Connery, James Bond character. But but check out our tribute in this week's Total's Tip Sheet newsletter. And before we get to the Colts-Ravens game, did you have any sort of comments or questions in regards to Sean Connery, Mark? 
Well, I couldn't disagree at all. I mean, he when you think of James Bond, you think of Sean Connery, unquestionably. You know, whether you got into the series in the beginning or in the later tail end, you, if you got in the later tail end, you still wanted to see the previous James Bond mm-hmm. showings. And when you do, you mention uh, him being the James Bond, and I agree 100% with that analogy. And uh, just a quick little final cap on that, that... Yeah, you're talking about uh, uttering the F word uh, and getting the point across uh, emphatically as he did and as Robert De Niro does also. I think if I had to throw a third party in there, I might nominate Samuel L. Jackson. There you go. Uh, Good one. There, yeah. But uh, nonetheless, uh, I'm with you. I don't drink anymore, as you well know, Victor. But if I did, I would have joined you with that scotch this weekend. So. Uh, we'll think good thoughts about him, and the, I think the best thing is that you mentioned he did pass in his sleep, and if we right. all had our choices, that's exactly how we would want to choose to go out, so they worked out way that way well for him in that sense anyway. Okay, so with that said, let's get into the Baltimore and Indianapolis game, and in terms of the total, we might be a little bit late to the party. It opened at 45. It's come up to 47 in the last 48 hours. There is activity coming in on the over in this particular game. It's a little head-scratching if you look at it statistically. I say that because he got the number two defense in the league in the Colts, taking on the number seven defense in the Ravens. And not only that, you got the number two scoring defense. Baltimore allows only 18.9 points per game against the number five scoring defense, with the Colts allowing 19.4 points per game. And yet... The over underline has risen in this particular game. Uh, is some of the value taken out if you like this game over the total? Definitely with a line swing of two to three points to the current number of 47. On the year, the Ravens three and four over under. Their average margin has been zero, minus 0.8 points per game. The Colts on the season, four and three over under. Average margin plus 1.4. If we take a look at recent action, the Ravens started the year 1-4 and four over under. However, they have gone over the total in each of their last two games and by a hefty margin of plus 9.8 points per game. And the Colts have had similar results to Baltimore. Their first four games went 1-3, but they've gone a perfect 3-0 to the over in their last three games and also by a nice hefty margin of plus 10.3 points per game. So perhaps that explains to some extent why the over-under line in this particular game has gone over the total. Whether or not we're going to bet the over in this game, I don't know yet. Again, there's not a heck of a lot of value there, but that's going to kind of take me into my next portion of this particular game. And what I am going to play, thanks to our boy Tuco, is the Baltimore Ravens over their particular team total. And their team total is anywhere from 23.5 to 24 points. And we're going to be going for Baltimore to go over their team total in this particular game. Uh, We already know the Ravens are a better offense on the road than they are at home. They're averaging 31.3 compared to 27.3 in their home games. And not only that, but Baltimore has scored, check this out, 24 or more points in every single road game over the last two seasons. Average points in those games, 35.1. This year, there are three road games. They've hit for 33 points, 31 points, and 30 points. 
Of course, Baltimore comes in a little bit angry, a little bit pissed off. They're looking for someone to take their aggression out at, and they lost to Pittsburgh last week. And from the database, we note that road favorites off a division home favorite loss like Baltimore have averaged 29.6 points per game in the last two seasons. And for me, the clincher is Indianapolis has allowed an average of 29.0 points per game when priced as home underdogs versus any 500 or greater opponents. I take a look at the game over the total, although I think there's not any value there anymore, Mark. But what we are playing in this game, thanks to Tuco, is the Baltimore Ravens to go over their team total of 24 points. Victor's going to run with Tuco in this football game and play Baltimore over the team total, slightly into the game itself over, but more of a play to Tuco and going over the Baltimore Raven team total for his over-under side in the football game. Coming into this contest, uh, as I mentioned, this looks like a matchup of a possible playoff game, and I think it will be played to that type of intensity as well, even though Baltimore does come off of a big game with Pittsburgh. And we'll start there with just that. Uh, Baltimore, who struggled in this series, they've lost the money eight straight games in a row. Uh, They're also 0-4 to the number in games after taking on the Pittsburgh Steelers. And the reason I'm calling that fact out is this, and this goes back a long, long way in our well-oiled machine, and it's simply because it holds up true and there's a lot of logic and reason behind it. And simply put that any team that has played the Pittsburgh Steelers in which Mike Tomlin has been the head coach, the following week, those teams have really struggled against the spread, largely because of the physical nature that the Pittsburgh football teams are built with, the stature, and a pounding that they take in those football contests. And that's borne out by the fact in this football game that non-division favorites, after taking on Mike Tomlin's Pittsburgh Steelers, are 24-44 and one against the spread their following football game. That's the role the Baltimore Ravens will dress up in this particular week. It's a Baltimore Raven football team that, for all intents and purposes, Uh, I think since Lamar Jackson has been the quarterback, they've had their way with bad football teams and they've struggled with quality football teams. And I think the Indianapolis Colts fit that bill as a quality football team. This is a Baltimore Raven football team whose offense is down 67 yards a game this season. Their defense is down 23 yards a game this season. They are not the same Baltimore Ravens that we come to know and admire last year when Lamar Jackson won the MVP throughout the course of the football season here. The Indianapolis Colts come in, and I mentioned this in our midweek alert football newsletter this week. It's my opinion that I think Frank Reich is the most underrated NFL football coach in the league today. And my starting point for that statement is this. If you take a look at the job that Frank Reich has done, and he did a terrific job with the Eagles, and they really suffered their offense did when he left that program to become the head coach here, at least offensively they did, uh, when he lost Andrew Luck as a starting quarterback and uh, a hands-down slam-dunk Hall of Fame quarterback, and when Andrew Luck announced his sudden retirement, the program could have unraveled at the threads uh, and having to go to Jacoby Brissett and whatever quarterbacks that followed him thereafter, but they didn't. And a lot of that is Frank Reich. Uh, this football team has won 23 games under his lead in less than two and a half seasons. And you take a look at uh, how they've performed here. Uh, under Frank Reich against quality football teams. 
against 600 or better teams. They are 9-4 straight up and 10-3 and against the spread. The better the team, the better the Colts end up playing when they go head-to-head under Frank Reich. Also, they are 11-3 and against the spread as non-division home dogs, the Indianapolis Colts. So this is kind of their, their forte-type role coming into this football game. They happen to bring the better offense and the better defense into the contest. And if you take a look at the National Football League this year in conclusion, the Colts are one of four teams in the league this year that have not allowed 400 yards in any football game they've played. Uh, the only team in the AFC that can say just that, the Indianapolis Colts. And with that, I'm going to play the points with the Colts against the Baltimore Ravens in this football game from my side in the contest on Sunday. You're tuned in to Mark Lawrence against the spread, the nation's most popular sports handicapping talk show. And with that, let's hop out to Las Vegas for one of our favorite segments on the show as we join in with our good friend Andy Isco from TheLogicalApproach.com in Vegas. Andy, how's everything going for you in Vegas these days? Well, Mark, everything is going fine. And of course, over the last few hours, I'm going through election campaign ad withdrawal, having not seen <laughs> any since uh, uh, you know, just prior to the election. So uh, getting getting to look forward to a number of new creative ads to fill that space in the coming weeks. <laughs> well, perhaps, uh, you know, maybe Michael Bloomberg can uh, uh, send some money out there and have some ad agencies design some good looking ads because I'm with you. It was like one after another, after another, after another. It's like you, you just draw a mental block to it. and You got to a point, but uh, at least those will be in the rear view mirror as we're speaking on the show here today. And uh, what I also want to do is I want to remind our listeners out there about Andy's terrific football newsletter, The Logical Approach Football Newsletter. And you can get it at thelogicalapproach.com and check out this week's issue here. Andy breaks down a lot of what happens with football teams in various types of roles when they win football games, how, how they fare to the spread in particular situations. So it's a great read inside of the football news this week. Check it out at thelogicalapproach.com. And with that, Andy, let's take a look and a spin through Las Vegas, if we will, and take a look at how the current contest standings are shaping up right now. We're entering the halfway point of the National Football League season. So like the league itself, some form should be taking place as far as these contests are concerned. So if you will, if you'll do the honors, you can give us a little bit of an update of what's happening in the contest year to date. Sure, Mark. Uh, we're starting to see a little super, uh, separation in the two super contests, uh, the classic and the super contest gold. Let's start with a look at the consensus uh, uh, performances. Uh, last week in the Super Contest Classic, that's the $1,500 entry fee uh, contest with uh, a little bit under 1,200 entrants this year. Uh, 21 and 20 following a 2 and 3 week last week. The number one selection in the contest was the Tennessee Titans, who of course lost outright as a 7-point road favorite at uh, Cincinnati. Uh, they are the... Uh, Top selection, the number one selection overall is four and four on the season against the uh, point spread. The uh, second quarter uh, contest was decided. The uh, Westgate and the Circa both have contests for each quarter, games one through four, five through eight, etc. 18 and two was the winning record in the Westgate Super Contest Classic. Uh, that was good enough to earn the first pri- first place prize. They also uh, play uh, pay second and third place this year, for which there was a tie at 16-3 and one, which is a nice record. Yet still a game and a half behind the 18 and two that that uh, took the second quarter prize. For the contest overall, we are getting some separation. 
the one contestant in the lead has a record of 32-7-1 and one against the point spread. That's 32.5 points out of a possible 40, slightly over 81% winners. That's good enough for a 2.5-point lead over the one contestant in second place who's at 30 points. Then it's a lot more bunched up with one contestant at 29.5, uh, two contestants at 29, five at 28, and four at 27.5. And, and I mentioned the 27.5 because that's the uh, five, point, uh, five points behind the leader. So in theory, uh, that contestant does have a chance to, or those contestants at 27.5 would have a chance to catch the leader uh, with a 5-0 and o if the leader went to 0-5, etc. So a total of 14 contestants within five uh, points of the leader. The Westgate Super Contest Classic pays the top 100 places. Currently, 123 contestants are in the top 100 plus ties for that uh, 100th playing uh, position at 24.5 points, slightly more than 61% in order to be in cashing position in the Westgate Super Contest right now. The Super Contest Gold, that's the $5,000 winner-take-all contest, 72 entrants for the season. Uh, this consensus has done very nicely, 3-2 and two last week, bringing the year-to-date results up to 23-17 and 17 as far as the top five selections each week. Last week, the top selection, the Philadelphia Eagles laying the very generous 7.5 that was posted when the contest lines came out against the Dallas Cowboys. Of course, they won that game 23-9. Not as easy a win as it looked as uh, Dallas actually had a 9-7 lead in that contest. For the year, however, the top single selection, the number one selection, 6-2 and two against the spread, despite the fact that it's a field of only 72 uh, contestants. The leader in the contest is 30 and 10 ATS. That's a total of 30 out of the 40 possible points. 75% winning percentage for the leader. Overall, 14 of the 72 contestants are hitting at 60% or better for the season. 14 of 72 represents slightly under 20% of the entire field in that expensive contest. Looking at the Circa contest, the Circa Million, that had 3,100 and 48 entrants coming into the season. The consensus last week was two and three, uh, but still it's been an outstanding year for the consensus in the Circa Million. 24 and 16, that's 60% against the spread, looking at the top five selections each week. Last week's top selection did go down like the Super Contest Classic. Tennessee was the number one selection in that contest for the year. The top selection each week now five and three against the spread. Circa Million Contest uh, also paid off the second quarter winner. Slightly behind that in the Westgate Contest, 17-3. A little bit surprising because you would think in the larger field of 3,100, you would have a slightly better record than in a field of only 1,200. But again, we're talking about a very short sample size, just 20 selections. So 17-3, still uh, very good. In fact, four contestants tied at 17 and 3 to split what was a $287,000 prize for each quarter so slightly more than $71,000 for each of those four contestants quarter number 3 in both the uh, Super Contest Classic and the Circa Million begins this week week 9 as far as the overall leaderboard the one leader has a point spread record of 39 with one push, that's 30.5 out of the possible 40 points or a 76.3 percentage uh, winning percentage. Uh, that's good enough for a, a half-point lead over one contestant with 30 points. There are four at 29.5, 4 at 
24 with another 29. And finally, it starts to spread out when you get down to 27 points, where there are 28 contestants tied at that level. Overall, there are 55 contestants at 27 or more points. That's 67.5%. And I mentioned the 55 contestants because the Circa Million Contest pays the top 50 uh, positions and ties. Finally, the Circa Survivor Contest. That's the uh, traditional last man standing. You pick a uh, straight-up winner in a game. You're only allowed to use a team once during the course of the season. So things should be getting a little bit tighter and a little bit more difficult now as we've already had eight of the 32 teams eliminated for those who still remain alive in the contest that initially drew 1,390 entries. Currently, uh, there are 331 contestants remaining. There were 350 entering last week. It was a pretty formful week as far as the uh, popular teams were concerned. 331 out of the 350 advanced. There were 16 who lost their selections. And again, the head-scratcher, three contestants were eliminated due to the fact that they did not submit a selection. So of the 16 selections that lost, 11 were on the Tennessee Titans on the road at uh, Cincinnati and five lost with Green Bay uh, at home against the Minnesota Vikings. So right now, 331 of 1,390 remain. That's slightly under 25% of the original field alive, uh, almost halfway into the season. A recap of what's going on with the contest in Las Vegas from our good friend Andy Isco from TheLogicalApproach.com in Las Vegas. And... Andy, we always talk about uh, the, these look-ahead lines in Las Vegas and uh, how critically important they are, at least for knowing it, where lines went and sometimes knowing why they went there. And this year, nationally, obviously, in the league, we're seeing a lot of COVID influence with some of these line moves. But uh, all in all, anything in particular of what you saw or what you're anticipating with next week's look-ahead lines? Uh, I know you'll share those with, those with our listeners out there, but uh, nothing you can anticipate because we don't know what's going to happen as far as the COVID goes. Yeah, I mean, we are seeing now, in fact, for this coming week, the Detroit-Minnesota game currently off the board at most sportsbooks due to uh, quarterback uh, Stafford of the Lions being uh, uh, put on the COVID-19 protocol. Of course, we've had a number of injuries in the Thursday night game between Green Bay and San Francisco. I do want to touch upon a couple of, uh, or uh, let's say four, they're all very similar, from those week nine look-aheads. Those were the lines that came out a week ago this past Tuesday prior to the playing of week eight games because there were some I don't call these line moves as much as they are, these are adjustments to the lines that were posted because they all involved key numbers. Uh, Seattle at Buffalo last week, the line came out. Seattle, a two-point road favorite. Uh, both teams won this week. Uh, Detroit beat, uh, excuse me, Seattle defeated San Francisco. Buffalo defeated New England. Yet when that line was posted, it went up with Seattle adjusted from a two to a three-point road favorite. Uh, I'll, I'll mention the... Um, I'll mention the Detroit-Minnesota game only because of the extent that it actually hopped over a line. Detroit lost at Indianapolis. Uh, Minnesota uh, defeated Green Bay. Minnesota was a two-and-a-half-point home favorite prior to last week's games. When the game was reposted, it was three-and-a-half. So they went right over the key number of three from two-and-a-half to three-and-a-half, of course. Uh, that's irrelevant right now, but it is interesting to point out if you're looking for reasons why a team might be reposted and going over a key number, that might be one explanation. Uh, similarly, uh, it went the other way in the Baltimore at Indianapolis game. Baltimore had opened a three-point road favorite at Indianapolis. Of course, the Ravens lost at home uh, to Pittsburgh. No shame in that. And Indianapolis returned from its bye with a 20-point win uh, at uh, Detroit. 
Uh, when the line was reposted, Baltimore was still favored, but instead of three, they were favored as two and a half. And then this one, this one uh, last one is really surprising because it involves the Houston-Jacksonville game, and both teams had buys last week. When the line was originally posted a week ago Tuesday, Houston was a four-point uh, road favorite. Uh, nothing happened to those two teams, and yet when it was, and in fact that line stayed at four until it was taken down prior to the playing of Sunday's games. It was reposted with Houston, a seven-point road favorite, so a little unusual there. But when you take a look at it, maybe the line of Houston four was a bit generous. So for those of those people who uh, took a look and looked at it the same way, laying four with Houston, when now you've got to lay seven or possibly set up now and come back with plus seven for a nice three-point middle uh, in between key numbers is a nice way to uh, uh, be in position starting uh, this weekend. As to the advanced lines for Week 10, uh, that's Thursday, November 12th through Monday, November 16th. The uh, Thursday night game, Indianapolis at Tennessee. Tennessee, a three-point home favorite. Sunday, November 15th, Cincinnati at Pittsburgh. The Steelers, 10-point home favorites. Washington at Detroit. The Lions at home, four-point home favorites, although that has been taken down due to the uncertainty of Matthew Stafford for next week's game after uh, missing this week's game, most likely. Houston at Cleveland. The Cleveland Browns, two-and-a-half-point home favorites. Green Bay favored at home by 13-and-a-half over Jacksonville. Philadelphia in a relatively quick rematch with the New York Giants. Eagles favored by three-and-a-half at the Giants. Tampa Bay at Carolina. The Tampa Bay Bucks favored by six on the road. The Las Vegas Raiders at home favored by four over the Denver Broncos. Arizona, a two-and-a-half-point home favorite over visiting Buffalo. Uh, the Los Angeles Rams favored by two at home over division rival Seattle. New Orleans at home favored by six-and-a-half over the San Francisco 49ers. I believe when this line was posted, the absence, the injuries, and the absence of both quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo and tight end George Kittle were known that they would be missing several weeks. So uh, this is reflected in Saints favored by six-and-a-half. Baltimore will be at New England. The Ravens favored by six and a half at the Patriots. Chargers at Miami. Uh, Miami, a one and a half point home favorite. By the way, the Baltimore New England game has been flexed into the Sunday night game next week. So uh, they're not the last game listed on the Sunday schedule. It's the Miami favored by one and a half over the uh, visiting Chargers. Finally, Monday, November 16th, NFC North matchup. Minnesota at Chicago. The Bears favored by two at home over the Vikings. A little bit of a recap of an overview of the proposed line sent out by Jay Cornegate at the Superbook in Las Vegas at the Westgate for next week's NFL football games from our good friend Andy Isco, who joins us every week here for the Vegas Vibe to find out exactly what's going on from TheLogicalApproach.com in Vegas. And Andy, before we let you go, I know our listeners would love to know what caught your interest for your complimentary play in the NFL this week. Well, Mark, this week I'm actually going to look at a uh, total, and I'm going to look at the Sunday night game between the New Orleans Saints at the Tampa Bay Bucks. This line has actually come down. I think it opened in some places at 54. It's currently been bet down to 51.5. The long-range forecast is 80 degrees, under 10-mile-per-hour winds, but a chance of some rain showers uh, during the uh, initial stages of that game. Uh, first of all, this is a rematch of an opening week game, a revenge game for Tampa Bay, which lost 34-23 at the Saints, despite outgaining the Saints, uh, both in total yards and yards per play. 
Saints were plus three in turnovers, including two interceptions of Tom Brady in his Tampa Bay debut. Now that was then, and this is now, and the Bucks are a much better team now that all the new parts have meshed, especially with Tom Brady and the offense. Now neither uh, neither of these teams has a very potent running game, despite the uh, uh, the uh, presence of uh, Kamara on the uh, on the Saints and some uh, and some decent runners for Tampa Bay. But when you look at the rankings, the Saints. Uh, 119 yards per game on the ground. That's number 14. Tampa Bay, 103 yards. That's number 22. So that's uh, pretty average to uh, slightly below average these days as far as the running game goes. And uh, yet both teams excel against uh, the run defensively. In fact, New Orleans, number three, allowing 91 yards per game. Tampa Bay, number one allowing 70 yards per game. And by the way, those rankings, as far as yards per play or yards per rush are concerned, uh, Tampa Bay number three, and uh, excuse me, Tampa Bay number one at 3.2 yards per game, uh, per rush, excuse me, uh, 4.0 yards per rush, number three allowed by New Orleans. So uh, it's suggesting that most of both teams' offensive success will come uh, through the air this week. Uh, five of their last six meetings have gone over the total. The matchups suggest that this game follows uh, suit. Now, overall, 51 is a fairly key number. It occurs just about 4% of the time in the NFL going back over the uh, last six years. In fact, it's occurred three times already this year. And, in fact, the last meeting uh, that these teams had in uh, 2019 uh, here at this venue uh, was exactly it fell on 51 points, 34-17. I'm generally not an advocate of buying the half point uh, on totals for the most part. When, but when you're looking at key numbers such as a 51 where there are many possible combinations, 27-24, for example, being a very competitive game, 31 to uh, uh, to 20 in a game that's a little bit more uh, distance, or even the uh, 34-17, a lot of key numbers both on points scored and points allowed work into the combination of 51. So you might want to consider buying the half point uh, from 51 and a half down to 51. Keep an eye on the line movement, as I mentioned, because the total did open higher than 51 and a half, uh, excuse me, higher than 52 and a half even, and has trended downwards. There may be a buyback towards the over that would normally occur, say, between late Friday night and Sunday morning. So you may want to take uh, a, a look and keep an eye on this uh, this total, uh, what happens Thursday and Friday, insofar as if you start seeing it going uh, towards 52, you may want to get in there and buy that number down to 51 or at the very least get 51 and a half. Andy Isco looking to buy a half a point if necessary to go over the total in that New Orleans-Tampa Bay football game, noting the 51 being a key number as it is in the NFL. So keep an eye closely on the movement of that line total. Andy, as always, once again, a great job on the show. We look forward to visiting with you each and every week here on the show. I'm going to wish you the best of luck this week. May the ball bounce your way, and we'll look forward to visiting with you next week here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. Thanks, Mark. I wish you, Victor, and of course all the listeners uh, the best of success this weekend. And by the way, when we get together a week from now, we may finally have the election returns from my home state of Nevada. Well, we'll cross our fingers and hope that's just the case, Andy. (laughs) One thing we know for sure, we won't be watching any more ads, and that's a good thing nonetheless. (laughs) That's very true. Thanks, Mark, and have a great week. Thank you, Andy. That was Andy Esco joining us from TheLogicalApproach.com in Vegas. And don't go away, guys. When we come back, we'll put the final wraps on the show. I'll share with you my awesome angle of the week, along with my complimentary play in Victor's as well. When we're back with the final segment here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread in just a moment. 
If you haven't seen Andy Isco's The Logical Approach Football Newsletter, then you owe it to yourself to download this week's newsletter in time for the football games this week. Check out the new issue every week at TheLogicalApproach.com. See what winning football information is all about at TheLogicalApproach.com. We're going against the spread with Mark Lawrence after this. Attention sports fans, it's time to get in on all the football action at mybookie.ag. This industry-leading website is renowned for having the best odds and more betting options than any other sports book online. Get the odds you want and the fast payouts you need, guaranteed. That's mybookie.a as in Apple and G as in games. Tell them Mark Lawrence sent you. Only the biggest. Only the best. Only at mybookie.ag. Sign up today. To put a final spin on this week's show, let's do what Mark does best. His awesome, awesome angle of the week. All right, guys, let's get to our awesome angle of the week on the football show this week. It's an oldie but goodie. And when I say oldie but goodie, as you know, I publish the playbook black book each and every year. And the black book is just really a must-have publication. It's loaded with a lot of scheduling trends, stats, 100% perfect trends, and 10 all-new, bet-you-didn't-know handicapping articles. One of those articles, going back in the day, was one we called All Revved Up. From one of my favorite artists, Meatloaf, and we basically look at college football teams that are playing on a Saturday after having played the week before with nothing to do on a Saturday. They were all revved up the week after, after having had a week of rest, and our angle this week works this way. What we're going to do is to plan any college football conference home underdog with rest and revenge from game eight on out if they're coming off a win. This is a long-time high-volume proposition play, guys. Since 1980, these plays have gone 63-38-3 against the spread. That's a pretty rock-solid number for over 100 occurrences, if you will. And our team that's in our all-revved-up role this week will be Middle Tennessee State. We'll take a look at the Blue Raiders from Middle Tennessee State, who should be all-revved-up this weekend for our awesome angle play on the football card this Saturday. And with that, I'm going to hand it off to Victor King from King Creole Sports to find out exactly what Victor's got on tap this weekend. And if you would, Victor... Share with our listeners your complimentary call on the show as well. You know, Andy was dead on with that call in the uh, Saints Bucks under the total. I agree with him 100%, particularly the fact that 51 is such a key number. And it's probably one of the only numbers that I would consider betting on or off of in terms of totals. 55 being the other key number that I would consider buying on or off of. Not to mention, um, it could be windy down here in Florida in that Tampa Bay game. And we know what happened last week on the, in the NFL sites that had windy conditions. And this is that time of the year where you do want to have a good weather website to go to. Not necessarily for rain or snow or cold. But we do know what high winds can potentially do to an NFL game. Last week, uh, just from my numbers here, in the seven outdoor games that had wind wind conditions of greater than 10 miles an hour, there were two overs, and five of those games ended up going under the total. This week, I'm already seeing three potential games 
with winds 15 miles per hour or more. And uh, we'll let you guys uh, determine which of those three games are. But again, uh, Andy was uh, very, very good with that uh, play on the under the total of Tampa Bay New Orleans game. And uh, we're going to go to Florida for our free play of the week in which we're going under the total in the other game being played in the Sunshine State, Mark, and that's going to be the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Houston Texans. And I know Andy was talking about the line in this game. The look-ahead line at one point was Houston minus four. It's all the way up to minus seven this week. And he was wondering the reason why. And I think I can explain that at least partially. In that time period when Houston went from minus four to minus seven, it was announced on the Jacksonville side of things that starting quarterback Gardner Minshew, mustache man, Uncle Rico, would be sitting on the bench this week with a thumb injury that he's basically had for about three or four weeks. Jacksonville, in the meantime, will be starting sixth-round rookie quarterback from Oregon State, Jake Luton, this week as their starting quarterback. So I think that's you know one of the reasons that the line has moved uh, three points in the direction of Houston in this particular game. And it's also one of the reasons, Mark, why we're going under the total in this game. And I played it at 51 and a half. And guess what? It's down to 50 and a half. Houston, Jacksonville, under the total. One thing that we never do is play over the total when a rookie quarterback is making his first ever start in the NFL. In fact, we always go under the total in their first start. Look what's happened this year alone, Mark. Joe Burrow, first start of the season, L.A. Chargers, under the total. Uh, Justin Herbert, in his first start of the season, under the total against the Kansas City Chiefs. Our man 2-0 Tungo Viola, last week Miami Dolphins, under the total against the L.A. Rams. Okay, so we're going to make it a grand slam now with Jake Luton under the total in his first career start, Texans and the Jaguars. A series that I might add has gone a perfect 0-5 over-under in the last five meetings with an average of only 29.6 points per game. Both of these teams are well-rested. That sets up a very good under-opportunity. NFL favorites of greater than a field goal have gone a perfect 0-8 over-under when both teams are off their bye week and the over-under line is greater than 42 points. Uh, Houston is the second worst rush defense in the entire league. Here's a one in 10 over under situation. Divisional favorites of a field goal or more who allow greater than 5.0 yards per rush on the season. And again, I play this at 51 and a half. There is still value at 50 and a half, but that's your free play for this week. Houston Texans, Jacksonville Jaguars under the total Another game being played down here in the Sunshine State. And what we got going this week, Mark, well, first off, three weeks ago, our four-star NFL over the week was a winner with the Houston-Tennessee game that went over the total. Two weeks ago, we had our five-star NFL game of the month for October. That was a winner with the Saints-Panthers over the total. And then last week, our NFL four-star over the week was also a winner with San Francisco-Seattle over the total. So we're starting to hit the best bets the four-star slash five-star plays, and we've already got one up for sale at playbook.com, our four-star over of the week in the NFL. Uh, Again, as I mentioned, it's already up on the website. You want to definitely check that out as the best bets are doing well. 
But there you have it for our free plays and our opinions of the week mark. Number one, Baltimore Ravens over their team total. Number two, under the total in the Houston Texans-Jacksonville Jaguars game. And then finally, in your rewatch of The Rock, you're going to assume that John Mason is actually James Bond, and you're going to enjoy that movie a lot more. Well, that's a good tip, Victor. I like that last one for sure. (laughs) We'll see how the NFL plays out, but we'll also take a nice cursory look at exactly what went on with James Bond and Sir Sean Connery. Before I get to my complimentary play on the football show this week, I want to remind our listeners out there that our friends at mybookie.ag are offering up to a $1,000 sign-up bonus. To take advantage of up to a $1,000 sign-up bonus, all you need to do is log on at mybookie.ag, use the promo code PLAYBOOK, or give them a call toll-free. The number is 1-844-866-BETS. That's 1-844-866-2387 to qualify for your up to a $1,000 sign-up bonus at mybookie.ag. And speaking about big weekends and a big month ahead here, my 10-star November to remember kicks off this weekend. Always a great time handicapping football games in the month of November. And we expect no less this month. It will feature our 10-star college football game of the year, our featured five-star NFL game of the month, and going this weekend, my NFL perfect system play of the year. You can get it all Our 10-star November to remember for just $299 complete. That's a $200 savings on the spot. Or you can join me for another weekend of winners for $69, including the NFL Perfect System Play of the Year, all when you log on at playbook.com or call me toll-free to take advantage of either offer at 1-800-321-7777. My complimentary play on the football show this week, we're going to stay inside the Southeast Conference and take a look at the Arkansas Razorbacks, who are catching a couple of points against Tennessee at home this week. Tennessee goes in struggling here of late. They've lost and failed to cover the number each of their last three football games in a row. They've also struggled mightily in the series, losing the money eight of the last ten times they've played the Hogs, including five consecutive losses in Arkansas in a row. The last three times Tennessee's gone up out as a road favorite, they've lost the money all three of those football games. I like the makeup of this Arkansas football team this year. Their head coach, Sam Pittman, I think is in the running for rookie coach of the year in college football this year. He's really turned this football program around. They're excited about football in Arkansas once again these days. Their loss at A&M last week Inside that loss, they actually outgained the Aggies in the football contest. And in fact, two weeks ago when they played Mississippi, they actually held the Rebels to their season-low yardage mark in the football game. Look for a big effort from the Razorbacks at home. We'll take them plus the points over Tennessee for my complimentary play on the football card this Saturday. And that's going to put the final wraps on this edition of Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. For our co-host Victor King from King Creel Sports, our good friend Andy Isco joining us from Las Vegas from TheLogicalApproach.com, and our good friend Jack Reynolds, who we know is listening from above. Until next week, once again, this is Mark Lawrence reminding you to always to remember to bet with your head, not over it, and good luck as always. <laughs>